the liturgical sense of the readings at Mass. The first reading at the Holy Mass today for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time is a wonderful story from Exodus chapter 17 verses 8 through 13 that beautifully illustrates how our cooperation with God, no matter how painful or how arduous it may be, opens up the floodgate of His promise to protect us and to keep us. The nation of Amalek, the Amalites, had made themselves enemies of Israel just as Esau, the grandfather of Amalek, had made himself an enemy of his brother Jacob. As Esau tried to steal Jacob's blessings, so too were his descendants intent on taking from Israel what God had promised him. On this day, Moses called to Joshua and told him to pick out certain men and tomorrow go out and engage Amalek in battle. I will be standing on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him. And the next day when the battle ensued, Moses climbed to the top of the hill with Aaron and Hur and raised his hand over the fighting. As long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, Amalek had the better of the fight. Moses' hands, however, grew tired. So he put a rock in place for him to sit on. Meanwhile, Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. And Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Moses keeping his hands raised is an incredible image that should remind us of the priest celebrant at Mass elevating the whole Eucharist after consecration and his signs of blessing. Moses being seated and assisted by Joshua and her should remind us of our role in assisting our pastors in their work, lest they become tired. Yet, most importantly, this narrative should remind us about the participative nature of the economy of salvation, which is most evident in the liturgy of the Holy Mass. It is true, there are enemies always coming for us, making war with us, and attempting to take what God has given us. But just as the victory was won by Moses, keeping his hands raised, so too are our victories won through Christ Jesus raised on a cross and through our participation in that sacrifice through the Holy Mass and by our remaining in Him through worthily receiving Him who the priest has raised before our eyes, Christ Jesus, the Holy Eucharist. In the second reading today, we hear from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 all the way through chapter 4 verse 2 where the apostle St. Paul reminds Timothy about how the scriptures plays an important role in teaching us how to cooperate and participate with God in his good work. In writing, remain faithful to what you have learned and believe because you know from who you learned it. The apostle is clearly referring to the apostolic teaching of the church. He then ties the apostolic teaching to the sacred Hebrew scriptures, which he says Timothy knew from infancy. It is in reference to these sacred Old Testament texts 
that Paul writes, all scripture is theonutus, that is, all scripture is God-breathed. Theonutus is a very rare and unique word in the ancient Greek lexicon. It is derived from the Greek theo, meaning God, and nutus, meaning to breathe hard. In saying that scripture is breathed by God, Paul is equating the inspired writings to the other things that God breathed on or breathed into, namely, breathing into the nostrils of man to give him life and authority over the created things, and breathing on the apostles to give them authority to forgive or retain sins. Indeed, the breath of God gives true life. And in regard to the scriptures, Paul writes, they are useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Scripture is useful for these things because it was breathed by God, so that one who belongs to God may be competently equipped for every good work, such as being persistent in proclaiming the word of God to convince, reprimand, and encourage, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Paul writes, It is most certainly true of books and written words, but most especially of the scriptures, that they allow for the possibility of the brain to accomplish four things. First, obtain knowledge. Second, form thoughts and opinions. Third, form hypotheses. And fourth, form theories. Yet, until these four things encounter reality through tests of first-hand experience, they all remain to be ineffective and inadequate in dealing with real-life situations. You see, the irony of sacred scripture is that it is full of stories of people who actually took the time to experience the life of God, people who failed and got back up with God's help. Inasmuch as all faithful Jews devoted themselves to study the scriptures, they also understand that to cooperate with God, they had to leave the book and go be used by Him in this way. The manner by which the liturgy is teaching us to encounter God and to participate in our salvation is an image of the scriptures where we find God's people doing that very same thing. Speaking to God through prayer is one way in which we directly encounter and participate with the will of God in this life. And through his repetition of numerous prayers being offered by the priests and the people, the liturgy is teaching the faithful how to make their words and their actions an unceasing prayer to God. The liturgy intends for the rhythm of prayer and confessing with our whole body throughout the liturgy to become who we are when we leave the sacred space. In today's gospel reading from Luke, chapter 18 verses 1 through 8 Jesus parable about the necessity to pray always to pray unceasingly without becoming weary is a reminder about the relationship between prayer and fortitude perhaps the older liturgical rites of the church that move slower and acts for more patience to the faithful was a better liturgical teaching mechanism of this truth than a new rite which can be <laughs> wrapped up in about 30 minutes even on a Sunday. But I ask you to just listen to the prayers being offered at Mass. 
Listen to how many times we come before God begging Him to heal us and to forgive us and to receive us and to make us whole, to bring us into the light of His eternal glory. Over and over and over again throughout the liturgy, we are exactly like that certain woman in Luke's gospel today, that nameless widow who the judge finally relented in rendering her a just decision so that she could stop bothering him. This is why the Holy Mass is offered unceasingly throughout the world, from the rising of the sun into a setting, because it truly is a fulfillment of the call of Christ Jesus who said, Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done to them speedily. Therefore, immerse your mind, body, and soul deeper into the prayers and confessions of the liturgy so that you might be the people who God runs to. Altogether, the readings at the Holy Mass for this 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time offers us a perfect model of the people who the liturgy is teaching and training us to be. This is just one way how the readings at Mass this Sunday connect to the liturgy and how the liturgy is forming us how to live our lives in the world. Be in the world which you have received through the liturgy. I am David L. Gray. Visit me online at davidlgray.info for more content and context about the liturgical sense of the scriptures.